Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Um, this is our going to be our post trade deadline um, thing. Uh, even though it's been like when was it? It's like a few days, isn't it? Four days three, or so. Four days. So yeah, we're not not too late actually. Yeah, but um, I stand. No. A, a lot actually. A lot more happened than was like expected, wasn't it? Or well, it looked like it was going to happen. Like a couple of days before yeah yeah it was it was relatively active i mean there was still a few big teams that didn't do anything yeah um but and i'm i guess we'll come on to it. i'm kind of skeptical if any of the moves made make that much difference no that's the thing to teams that actually matter as well yeah, because yeah, I meant to like this season. I mean, longer term, obviously, some of the others will. But I think, yeah. well, yeah, the biggest trade was between two teams that are absolutely rubbish. So that's that's part of the yeah. reason. I, I guess the Marcus Morris one's the probably one that makes the biggest difference this year. Yeah, and even that is a bit meh. I, well, I think it's quite a big upgrade. Um. What was it? it was Maurice Har- Was it Harkless? Yeah, Harkless, and they had to deal with Jer- Jerome Robinson as well, who yeah. went to Washington, and both they gave of, up their first round pick. Both of them hadn't really been pr- very productive. And yeah, Har- wasn't Harkless? Is basically just like a plays quite a lot of minutes, but he's just a bit of one of a bit just like a solid player, but doesn't score much. Yeah, just Morris- a bit of all round sort of thing yeah Morris is helpful enough um, and defensively I think is the most important thing I don't think he's going to shoot as well from three as he has that seems unlikely well, no. I mean like 43% is just ridiculous yeah. I guess I guess they, they can't really be expecting that no like anyone um, unless you're Steph Curry that is shooting 43% at this point of the season it's very unlikely you're going to shoot that well for the rest of the season you know what I mean that's like almost certainly like an outlier yeah just, no, Isn't just nobody really shoots that well for all season much anyway yeah his fit offensively I'm not it depends if he's okay with just doing catch and shoot stuff and kind of spacing the floor yeah. a bit because there have been times in the past where he's wanted to do more with the ball than he probably should try and do yeah but and I, I guess that's up... the thing as well of basically part of the reason they have traded for him and maybe part of the reason they gave up as much as they would have done they have done um, is because he's had like his best year offensively but like a lot of that will be because he was playing for the Knicks and he was allowed to do stuff he was like um, playing like he's the star on the team when really he's not really good enough to do that on any other team in the league well basically if he's your star offensive player you end up being the next yeah absolutely crap yeah and it's it's sort of one of those things it's a bit like the the reason they traded for him um this one thing but they're probably he's probably gonna they're probably gonna use him for something completely different to what he he has been doing and why he's actually put good numbers up this year i mean it's probably not that unrealistic to expect like hope or expect the shoots like three eighty or three ninety, um, three point percentage. I mean, yeah, yeah. 
38%, I suppose. Because um, that wouldn't be... I mean, that would be good, wouldn't it? That's like... They've just added another shooter who can... You know, is, is also just a decent-ish all-round player. He's a guy who can guard LeBron as well. I mean, that's helpful. Yeah. The the weird thing with that one, though, is that that's been a lot of the bit of the trade, is that he's a body you can throw at LeBron or those sort of big wing-type guys. The trouble is they already have, like, two of the best for doing that. It feels a bit like yeah. reinforcing a strength in that sense to me. Yeah, I guess so. I know that's the key is, is wings and guards who like run the league now, but I'm still skeptical of them in the middle. Like, how's that going to work out? Yeah, because well, it's, they they can they can put like free wings on LeBron or something, but um, there's also Anthony Davis. Well, and and yeah. actually in the in the West in general, I mean, they, Gobert's not exactly the most polished defensive player, but he's still absolutely enormous. Yeah, and that is the thing actually. Though is they, I was going to say that well, those players weren't really available, but they did actually move, didn't they? Although I guess, um, they were just on too much money. Yeah, well, that's why the Tristan Thompson thing's interesting. I think is he's apparently not going to get bought out or doesn't want one. But I, it remains to be seen if that actually is the case, considering Cleveland's whatever they're doing over there. Yeah. Um, because just, him, oh, he really would be bad. so perfect. Let's just add another centre. Yeah, add another big so, man, but an even more limited one. Seems to be their strategy. Yeah, I, mean, I can't blame them though. I mean, they didn't really have yeah. any reason not to. It was didn't really cost them anything at all. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't, I don't see what they get out of it either. Though, like there's I get, there's like no. All they've done is they've sort of tied up more money, haven't they? Yeah, but money they probably weren't going to do much with anyway. I, yeah. I just I, I I shrug at that trade. I sort of was in disbelief when I first saw it, and then when I realised just how little Cleveland had given up, it was like okay. I mean, I guess you can try him out for a while, what did and they then maybe give up. It was two expirings of players that are relevant: Knight and Henson, I think it was, and. A, like nothing second round pick okay so it's pretty much pretty much a second round pick I guess because the other guys sound like they just almost don't have any trade value it's, it's Andre Drummond we're talking about by the way because we didn't I don't think we've actually mentioned that um, yeah yeah it's just it's a very very weird trade it's I get it though for Cleveland I mean I guess they try him out they see how it works they see if they can play him and love yeah. together if he if he's okay playing with their two young guards, and then maybe they give him some money in the summer. I mean, it just yeah, he's going to get too much money. I basically. can sort of see. I mean, if if Saxton is actually going to develop like a brain at any point, which is really what the problem with him has been, hasn't it? So far, is like he's just. I mean, as a, for a point guard, particularly like just not any awareness or passing the ball or anything but that the sort of player that he's meant to be that is almost like that is a like almost the um prototypical fit really with with that sort of player he's meant to be 
of like a like a small point guard dribbling around, and you know he can, um, you know, put up screens, pick and roll and stuff, and like a lot, he's, he's a lob threat, isn't he? Yeah, so that's he. He does sort of fit with what Sexton is meant to be, but he just, I guess Sexton just isn't really that at the moment. But well, it might be it might be better. It it remains to be seen how the fit works with Sexton and Garland. It might what it seems quite likely that Garland will end up being the long term point guard. I think, and the Sexton's going to have to play off ball a bit more because I mean, just looking at his numbers are atrocious as a playmaker: two point six assists per game and two point two turnovers. That's horrendous. That's just like yeah, don't let him have the that's, ball. That's not being a point guard, is it? No. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. How, I don't know how much more I have to say on the drum and trade. It, it's like a. I think it was Bobby Marks said it was like a you lease a car for a while before you decide if you want to buy it. It was like doing yeah. that, and that that's okay. I I don't think they should buy it at the end, but I think they might because Drummond is a, a an all star, but albeit like the least flashy all-star you can imagine. Um, it is weird is the only way to describe it. It's kind of amusingly weird. Yeah. Especially if they're going to keep Thompson. Or yeah. if he's going to stay there. Like, I don't know. I, I guess, like you say, it's just, they're in a really terrible spot. So it's just... They can't really lose anything. Not really got anything to lose. So it's people, it's front offices just sort of moving stuff around to that when they're just hoping something somehow they um, they're in a better position afterwards. Yeah, and I I can't really blame yeah. them for wanting to do that. I think um, we started off on the Thompson thing. It's a case of. With him, I'm just going to double check if he's been playing. So he came off the bench, played last night, came off the bench for 19 minutes. He's, Rich Paul, I think, in fact, even said that he's not going to ask for a buyout, which is interesting. And also, I just find it hard to believe. It doesn't make any sense not to want one. He's now going to move to the bench, playing less minutes. Um, well, I don't know why he'd stay in Cleveland. They're absolutely rubbish. Like spectacularly bad, yeah. Um, and he could he he'd be really highly sought after if he was made available. I think well, particularly the Clippers and the Celtics come to mind. Yeah, they'd be desperate to add him. That that is the big the thing, isn't it? With well, those two teams in particular, that although they are obviously very complete in every other way, um, it's hard to see them like. I know it's hard to see them really doing that well in the playoffs, like actually winning everything when you've not got even just a, a big guy um, as centre. Well, I, I guess they do have a big guy, but you know, a guy of a certain quality, at least defensively, because otherwise you'd think you're just going to get dominated by like, you can't be against Embiid or um, Anthony Davis. You know, yeah, or any of those I should have mentioned... I should have mentioned the Rockets in that list as well, actually. Yeah. Um, but but they just traded um, Clint Capella. Yeah, but if they could get a guy for free, then I'm sure they'd be interested in doing yeah. it. They, actually, they were pursuing a trade for Tristan Thompson, I think, but couldn't get the money to work. Um, so I, I don't know. I 
I just don't get it. I sort of don't believe it. I will have to get past the playoff um, roster deadline before I believe that Tristan Thompson is not going to end up on a playoff team. He got yeah. so much going for him if he did get bought out. Um, yeah. But basically as much as anything of the teams that really need them. Teams that are trying to be really competitive really having a weakness in that role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you watched much um, NBA recently, actually? Yeah, I've watched a fair bit. I watched watch a fair bit when I can. I I ended up watching a couple of Sixers games recently, actually, just because they happened to be on at a good time. And um, Embiid really is not at it at all at the moment. No, I don't know if you've no, seen. We've he's struggling. He's still struggling with his hand a bit, isn't he? I think. Yeah. It's it's just sort of like he's not um. He's just sort of like just not being aggressive at all at the rim. Like you know, he's getting in the post, posting someone up. And generally, it's well, like someone he's way bigger than. Like when he's good, like on form, you think that that's just you know is a mismatch. He's going to score. And um, it's the game I watched the other day. I think he was like. I don't know whether it was for the whole game, but it was like at half time, it was like one for ten or something. And most of his um shots had come from like when he's posted up against someone. Um and just like post up against someone smaller than him and ending up just like settling for some like fade away. Yeah. Um So yeah, they're sort of in a bit of a... A bit of a mess at the moment, the Sixers. Uh, They're an interesting team as well at the deadline, weren't they? Because they added, they got two shooters, which sounds good. But also, once they get to the playoffs, I don't know how many minutes Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson third are actually going to play for them. Yeah, it's it's basically like they upgraded a couple of their bench guys, isn't it, is what happened. Yeah, but I mean, those two have actually yeah. played really well for the Warriors this year, but it's just one of those things like when their team is on such a slide, I think they have yeah. to run it out. They made such an effort to put this team together last summer. They're going to run yeah. it through this season. But the way it's looking at the moment, you're kind of expecting them to go out in the first round. Yeah, maybe. Um, although they have, they have still mostly had a good record against other good teams, haven't they? Although, well, only when they're at home. But, yeah, because um, on the road they've been so spectacularly terrible. Yeah, but, I I think those trades they did basically were mainly about um, I uh, what they had before. I, I actually read an article about this, so I otherwise I wouldn't know this much about it. Um, is that the guys they got rid of basically? Um, basically haven't got much chance would have like no chance of making the playoff rotation at all because they and they're basically dropped down the rotation like as this year's gone on and can't shoot and they basically replaced them guys that are just better shooters and like over a longer period just better shooters and just slightly better in general and then they're like so they're they, you know they may well get playoff minutes these other guys they brought in like they at least going to compete with Stop spots in the playoff rotation with um like uh, Milton and um Corkmaz and people like that. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's just such a minor move that it's like is not one that's going to affect it drastically enough because ultimately their problem is their spacing with their starting five. Yeah, and changing that was is never really going to work. I mean, yeah, it seems quite likely they're going to end up doing something really big in the summer because the way they're playing at the moment is just pretty ugly. At the same time, I've written recently. I think they're the team most likely to stop Milwaukee. This is the really weird thing. Yeah. Is I I think if they played a series right now against the Raptors, Celtics, or Heat, they'd probably be underdogs. They'd obviously still be underdogs if they faced the Bucks. But I don't yeah. think anyone else has got any chance of stopping Giannis. I don't think they're going to even come that close to it, to be honest. Yeah, spe- well, yeah, especially with like the um, the Celtics not having a really big guy anymore. Well, yeah, really big guy, but not yeah, they've not got a quality center um, these days. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I there was glimpses in one of the games I watched of um, Embiid and Simmons like working together, but only like like a couple of a couple of uh, possessions really. You know where basically where where they're actually passing the ball between each other. Yeah, you know that because cause when one of them manages to get the ball anywhere near the basket, like not even in the paint, but anywhere near the paint. They draw lots of defenders. Then, if they can actually pass, manage to pass it to the other one, then you suddenly got like, you know, that they've got space, or at least they've not got that many defenders near them. Yeah. Um. But there was a, a bit of that. I think there's still um got to wait to see uh, Embiid actually back, like fully healthy with his hand. I guess. Yeah, just I mean, get his like confidence back. It seems like because it, it does seem like a mental thing really at the moment. Well, he's probably yeah, he probably is very scared about damaging it again, and then he's in trouble. Yeah, but the the Eastern Conference is um, so let's just run down them quickly. Milwaukee didn't make a trade, but they got Marvin Williams, another shooter, in a buyout. The Raptors didn't do anything. The Celtics didn't do anything. The Heat got Iguodala, Crowder, and Solomon Hill. The Sixers got Bucks and Robins. Um, Bucks, Jesus, it's a long day. Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson and the Pacers. I don't think there's anything unless something's completely slipped my mind. Um, basically, they're the only ones that have any interest in top six. Beyond that, it's going to be probably Orlando and Brooklyn in the other two spots. But I think they might both get swept. Yeah. That, should we talk about that heat trade then a bit? Because that was an interesting one. That was sort of the one that got almost the most hype in a way because the Iguodala story had become bigger than X's and O's. It had become all this this Twitter drama between John Morant and all of the Grizzlies youngsters and Steph Curry got involved. The number of yeah. hours on talk shows about Andre Iguodala this year possibly has made him get quite a bit overrated to the point yeah. where you'd think they're adding like an all-star yeah yeah i know it's because the, there is a reason why the the warriors sort of let him leave you know the like he i mean as well as the warriors were sort of knew they weren't going to be great he just i mean last year you know he's not really that level of player anymore is he he's a, he's a role player now really He's like a sort well, of it was defender. Mainly... But... 
Yeah, go on. They mainly needed because they needed the salary, but I think they also. I mean, he, he his body was struggling to the latter end of the playoffs, and yeah. the number of minutes you can get out of him is pretty limited. Um, he's a, a good playmaker and still has like great instincts defensively. The health thing, I think, really isn't made enough of. I think someone said. I think it might have even been Pat Riley said something about he's thirty six. Look at LeBron, and it's like, well, that is just silly, isn't it? That's silly yeah. logic. <laughs> I mean, okay. That's like, yeah, I did five keepy uppies. I bet Lionel Messi can do five keepy uppies. That it's just some sort of strange equivalence going on there. Yeah, yeah. That, there's a reason why. Yeah, like people people say, look at LeBron. Look how amazing it is that he's hardly had any injuries, and he's thirty six. It's like, yeah, because he's done it. So that means everyone must be able to do it. Sort of logic. Yeah. Like, well, no. If everyone could do it, that wouldn't be impressive. The I think that he's muddled. Muddled yeah. is the nicest thing to say about that. Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder, though, is, are like decent additions. I mean, Solomon Hill's not amazing, but he's he's a shooter, isn't he? Yeah, he at least is going to shoot a lot. Jay Crowder um, has a reputation as a shooter um, that doesn't actually shoot at all. So it's really strange. No, I looked well, into this a bit the other day. Doesn't he's, actually he... make the shots. He attempts quite. Yeah, he had. He, he's been attempting like six a game over the last like three seasons. There is, but, um, is a thing though, I guess, with spacing. This is part of it. Yeah. Just to briefly mention about Simmons again is some of it is if he shot at Crowder's percentages, it would help the Sixers. Yeah. I know yeah. he missed a lot of shots, but even though he's not necessarily him, he's not necessarily scoring loads of points from three pointers. The fact that he takes a lot and sc- shoot, scores enough of them, like he's like. Over thirty percent, comfortably over thirty percent. Not this year, he's not. No, this year he's not. It's but I mean, twenty nine point three for his career. I mean, yeah, is what what I mean. Because I mean, it, the same way that with Marcus Morris, you expect him to go down. The fact that he's twenty nine point three, but his career numbers are higher. I mean, it's not that re- unreasonable to think that he's likely that he'll do better than that for the rest of the season. Um, but basically, the fact that you can. That you're not completely terrible at them, and you shoot a lot. That's sort of all you need for the, to um, give you the spacing, isn't it? People aren't just going to leave him to have open open looks. Yeah, the concern with the two, though, um, this is Crowder and Hill. Is ESPN's um, defensive real plus minus has them as two of the worst defensive small forwards in the league? Oh dear. I crowd has got a reputation as a really good defender and it's, he's a tough guy and you know all the stuff that Kendrick Perkins waffles on about. Um he loved the trade. Make of that what you will. Um but that is a bit of a concern. I know obviously there's people have different amounts of faith in advanced basketball numbers like that. But that's pretty alarming that they're both that bad. Yeah. I I don't know, I guess they might be starting much um, but Jay Crowdy would have thought will get quite a bit of minutes yeah you know yeah. He's, he's, sort, he's sort of a, like a like you said he's, a, he's got like a good reputation hasn't he um, but basically they're two like high volume or highest volume three, three point shooters isn't it it's, it's sort of the classic thing that people do uh 
trades, like playoff teams, trades they go for. Yeah, I, I think the thing with this was it's obviously cool that they did it without giving up any draft assets, partly because they couldn't. Um, that I think they would have had to give up even more and they had to remove protections on one of their own picks if they were going to get Gallinari, um, which did just seem almost impossible. And they had to take Gallinari on with a contract that would have taken up 21 cap space. So I completely understand why they didn't end up doing that. It has almost become a cliche to say, wouldn't it have been cool if they'd added Gallinari? But that's kind of how I feel about this trade, is I'm not sure this moves the needle for them drastically. Iguodala is a nice ad. Crowder could be Sting. But there's also a chance from all the stuff we've just spoken about, what if he doesn't shoot any better than this? Then it is suddenly a lot of missed shots in the playoffs. And the yeah. defensive stuff isn't pretty. Um, there is a possibility that like they get to this postseason, actually those guys aren't playing that many minutes for them. I suspect Iguodala will play a decent amount, but yeah, I'm not 100% on this. But then you're always going to be worried about overtaxing him yeah. when he gets injured, um, which is, well, that's fine. I mean, Kawhi Leonard lives like that, but we're talking like this could be like, they can only play him like 10 or 15 minutes yeah. a night. Also him taking up 15 million next season. I'm not sure I like that much. <laughs> No, I don't. A... I don't know what their cap situation was. I don't know if they could have spent that money anywhere else or not. No, I don't either. But um, I mean, it's well, it's going to take up some cap room, isn't it? Basically. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it's whether they could have could have spent it anyway if it was. Yeah, I. And also, he hadn't played. Like, like you're saying, is he was struggling. Like towards the end of last season, the and stuff. Fact he played this year, like at all, it's sort of quite a high risk trade when you're taking on, well, this year's money and then, but mainly like the money for next year, especially when you the Heat are like overperforming, well, performing better than people were expecting. Next summer is sort of the time when it's like, you know, people now consider them good again, and you can try and add stuff. But like if he's like for, for all they knew when they're trading for him, I mean, he played one game. I mean, he did okay, but um, like he's just not not at it anymore. You know? Yeah, I, I I am a bit worried of that as the look. He he did a brilliant PR job on himself. He was in the media quite a lot, wasn't he? Um, yeah. This Memphis agreement they came to, while it has been misrepresented at points, it was basically they said he doesn't want to play for them. And they said, okay, fine, don't turn up. Yeah, They kind of agreed. But it was, I don't know. I, I, I feel like overrated is such a loaded word. I don't really want to say overrated because that feels unfair. He still is potentially very, very helpful. But even this trade, like they gave up Justice Winslow, who's been injured. So they didn't actually weaken their team for this year, but Winslow was an asset for yeah. either a future trade. Yeah, he or was, he could he was one good. of their young gu young guys, wasn't he? One of their like before they got Jim Butler, basically, it was like at least they've got these young players, and he was one yeah, of he those. was meant to be part of the core. Um, and maybe maybe they know his and he's not really ever going to be fit enough to play or whatever. But they did give up actual stuff for Iguodala. I saw a lot of the response being that they it was a complete steal, and it was because they didn't give up draft assets, but. Winslow is yeah. a high reputation yeah. young player with a pretty the interesting skill set. The players they gave up weren't performing this season. But, yeah. you know, it's like they are 
they are still valuable players. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a bit that came about because there was just a fixation on who's going to get Iguodala, and it's like everyone just bought into that. Yeah, you would have thought that, like the impact of him is he's obviously very very good, and in a certain role can be extremely useful. But the way that he was talked about and his potential impact, you th- would have thought they were adding, like I said, like a real like borderline all-star kind of player. We were adding a veteran with loads of experience and a really good defender. Yeah. But he's not like a knockdown three-point shooter as well or anything. He's he's an okay-ish shooter who yeah, can play make. But I don't know. I, I don't think it changes where I've got Miami. I think the teams be, that are behind Milwaukee... All of that five, it wouldn't surprise me if any of them ended up playing Milwaukee in the conference finals. I think they're all pretty level. Yeah, I've I think I have the Raptors to be honest better than most of them. Still, yeah, yeah, I think I might have them just above the rest. Yeah, I I really like the Raptors actually. I've decided I I I like I like the Raptors like I did last year when I acquired them. I might like them even more now because watching um. I watched a Raptors game the other day as well. And um Siakam is just he's seriously good now. Isn't he? Like the basically yeah. the question was when like Kawhi left, he's like, Oh Siakam's had this breakout year, but can he actually like step up and become like the star? And it's like I mean, not as not just his like just physical dominance he has and his shooting ability, but it was the you know, so many times he was like in the post or something, post posting up, and they double team him, and he manages to find the free man. It's like it was a, it was his playmaking really that I found really impressive. That I feel, I don't know I've I've not really ever thought of him as a particularly like amazing playmaker before. You know, as that being one of his skills, but he was like he wasn't he wasn't he didn't score that many points, but it was like you know a, a quite a high proportion there. Um, baskets they scored early on in that game were like from uh, came from him getting double teamed and then managing to find the free man or pass yeah. it to someone who then finds the free man you know like basically pa- managing to pass it well and quickly out of a double team um, then yeah I just thought that was quite impressive and they're just yeah he's, he's just really good yeah and they've got They've got depth because they seem to just turn players that they take off the scrap heap into serviceable rotation guys. They've got two ball handlers in the backcourt. Ananobi's developed into this kind of do-it-all wing. It's pretty amazing they won it without using Ananobi at all. Yeah. Considering he was meant to be like the their key young player for the next generation before yeah. last year and Siakam just took it and They've decided been... it's going to be his team. Have you seen they've been on like a ridiculous winning streak as well, haven't they? Yeah, franchise record winning streak. Yeah, well, actually, I think it was. It might have been the game that I watched the other day actually, where they said it was the because um, it was well, obviously it's on a it was on a, like a broadcast from a, like the local broadcasters. Um, they were saying it was a, a Toronto sports record for a win streak, which I suppose is not really that much more impressive than franchise record, but you know. <laughs> Better than the Blue Jays, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good going, isn't it, really? I mean, it's... They're phenomenal. They're, they're probably the story of the season. It's them and OKC battling for story of the season. 
Um, I don't. There's always going to be until he actually has to do it. The Siak can Siakam then translate that into doing it in a playoff series? I suspect yeah. he can, because he's also got the benefit of so many good players around him. Yeah, they're just a, a very balanced team as well, aren't they? And he is. He's sort of become the star. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see if he's had to. I'd love to see him go deep into the playoffs. Because I mean, he's he's averaging like twenty twenty three points a game this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's like a lot. The question is, if they got into playoff series with the Bucks again, I don't know what they do about Giannis because they won the series last year by just putting Kawhi on him. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, it's like not quite an obvious solution there. I guess they just throw they throw they have Gasol waiting for him at the basket yeah. and then maybe they go with Siakam because he's long and mobile and try that. Yeah, they have that... still got options. Or, to be honest, probably better options than most of the other teams in the other than the semi sixes. Probably better oh, options yeah. than the other teams in the East. Yeah, they're they're second best suited to deal with him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's um, um Anyway, let's let's go back to trades. We seem to be we're sort of jumping between the trades and then um, just little conversations about other things. Um, but yeah, that sort of works. Anyway, um, the, I I can only I only think there's one other main trade left. Do you know the one between the the fourteenth and fifteenth teams in the Western Conference? Do you mean? Yeah. Which I think sort of sounds like it's irrelevant, but I, I mean, it could be one of like the more important uh, trades, like going into the next like year or two. Oh yeah, and longer. I mean, th- this could be, without putting too fine a point on it, it, this could be the trade that either extends or ends the Warriors dynasty. Yeah, because it's basically it, it, like. Um, yeah, when everyone's well, everyone's expecting the Warriors to be back next year, and at least like in the pack of um, competing teams. Um, and it's basically, yeah, it's going to be the three original guys, Curry, Thompson, and Draymond, but now of Andrew Wiggins, and it's basically like, can Andrew Wiggins replace Kevin Durant? Um, <laughs> well, it is. Can he not, defend well that. enough? Yeah. And can he hit his threes? Because yeah. um, he's not going to play like a max player. I think everyone's probably accepted that, including Golden State. Um, and can he be good enough, maybe even that they then use him as an asset in another trade? If he rebuilds his value, they then flip him and the Minnesota pick and maybe some other stuff yeah. to try and get another star. Because um, it could, if he's really bad, if he continues to suck and doesn't defend despite having the athleticism for it, and he continues shooting just over 30% from three, the Warriors are going to find it really hard to be competitive because they're, sti- they're still not going to have depth because of how big their payroll is to those yeah. four guys. Uh, yeah, and then they're, and then they're sort of, this That's why it could end them, really, is it's sort of like, because then they're stuck with him. Yeah, or or they get him to be good, like shoots 37% yeah. from three. Uh, yeah, because they don't, like, yeah, and he could he can he could just stay there. And then, be, then they yeah. might be they're in the top three or four favourites for the title next year if they can get him to be that at any point. 
because they've yeah. still got they've still got their guys, and they might have the first overall pick. They might be able to get James Wiseman to play center. So, you know, yeah, then, then any, they could just be possible. like back to being a dominant. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I didn't watch it, but I saw like stuff saying that he, you know, he played well in his first game, like actually defended yeah, this, and stuff. And and I saw a list of the people that he was they were talking about. So the the people starting with him were a rookie who was picked in the second round, and three people who weren't on the team at the start of the year were no. in the starting five of them. Um, so it's difficult to evaluate him at the moment, isn't it, really? There's going to yeah. be loads of hot takes after every game about whether they fixed him or not. Yeah. And um, um, th- there is there is one thing, though, is that it's like, he, even though he's got a reputation as a really bad defender, one thing, obviously, a, a lot of that is, like, the attitude that people say he has. And, you know, I like, I mean... I I feel like the like the, if there's anyone could fix it like playing for the Warriors with like the, all these other these guys could maybe you know change something there as yeah. they've sort of got like you know like the cult the culture stuff that people always talk about um, they've obviously got winning culture um, as they've won a lot but um, also a lot of him being bad defensively is like him playing next to Anthony Towns who's also bad defensively um you know and like well yeah i think there's a bit of a there's a bit of a self-fulfilling thing with this yeah we may find out over the next few months who was the real problem there or maybe they were both a massive problem but the car Anthony Towns there's a stat that Zach Lowe mentioned on a podcast which i think it was Zach Lowe about the same there's if you have four Timberwolves there's a group of four Timberwolves that you have on with Gorgie Deng, and then they're a top five defense in the league, I think. And if you put Towns in, they become the worst defense in the league. That's oh that's not a freak either. I mean, he is just... It's one thing that, in a way, I don't think is talked about enough, and there's loads about these. He's this generational offensive talent. Defensively, he is so hilariously bad. Yeah. It almost undoes all of that. Do you um, think some of if that... We look... Um, well, with Wiggins and Towns both being known as terrible defenders, do you think some of that has to sort of fall on the Timberwolves themselves, really? Not so much as... I don't, I don't know whether, it, whether it's like a system thing or the fact that re- like both those players were very talented players when they got them. And they are the Timberwolves are basically teams, the team that developed them. Yeah. And they've got to a certain amount of being good. And I mean, but... The reputations when they drafted them were like really, really high, weren't they? Both of them, and it's sort of I don't know where they've ended up with both of their star young players being known as terrible defenders. I, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be something that that's sort of the Timberwolves' responsibility as they're like bringing these players through. When uh, both of them obviously have like the athleticism and the size to be like good defenders at least. Um. Yeah, I or not, be not sieves. Yeah, <laughs> like, like there's there's certain players where it's like they've got all the instincts and effort in the world, but you're just not big enough or quick enough or whatever. Yeah. These guys are the very but opposite. Even of that. then, those guys like have value, don't they? You know, like yeah. the, like Carl uh, Lowry or someone like that. But these uh, these guys, it's like well. 
okay, maybe you can't get the defensive instinct. Maybe you just don't, you, you can't read the game that well. I don't know how well you can necessarily teach that. But with a bit of effort and their physical attributes, you should be able to defend well. That's what's going to be interesting in Minnesota is does Town start trying more defensively? He did for a little bit at the start of the year. The Timberwolves started off the year really well defensively yeah. and then he just didn't fancy it. Because the D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns defense, I mean, what's that going to be? Yeah, That's going to be horrendous, isn't it? I feel like some of it is maybe the the whole um, thing of from like when teams like just tear everything down and then get a couple of prospects, like really young, talented players in. Um, I feel like this is where like that, like the downside of doing that maybe. What, you just keep losing? You just start off the yeah, league losing? Yeah, because it's like, so, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Those players come through, and they're the, they're the worst team in the league. It's sort of like the Knicks at the moment. Like you know, they've they've got RJ Barrett now. Like they had Kevin Knox. Like they've had loads what, of them. Basically, I was going to make a different it, comparison. I'd say it's a comparison with the Hawks, and yeah. that's that's part of the reason I think there's a trade we haven't touched on is the Capella Covington one, where they tried to do something about that. Is I know Trey Young was getting a bit annoyed, but also if you have all these young players and you just suck all the time, yeah. Them not trying defensively like, just yeah. becomes like a shrug, and that's yeah. not helpful either. Exactly. I think that's, I think that's sort of part of that maybe, and it's it's sort of the well, I guess it's the the culture that people talk about that the building a culture in these like bad teams is about basically somehow managing to get everyone to um, basically put maximum effort in, even when they're losing or. You know, when they're they're nowhere near competing or to getting in the playoffs or anything. Yeah, it's like that's what people mean when they talk about like building a culture, and it's basically the Timberwolves, I guess, just haven't had that. Um, well, they had it with Butler, and those two didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we need to finish now because we're almost out of time. Oh, are we? Okay. I guess we'll come on to the Rockets another time. Oh yeah, the Rockets. Yeah. What? Yeah, they got um. They added Covington, didn't they? Basically, adding Covington gave away um. Capella. Capella and some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Um. I bet. Well, I guess we should go then. Yeah. Let's we, wrap up. We might have. Might have someone else on next time. You're saying. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, might start getting some more people involved. Um, yeah, so it's a bit more interesting and not just us. <laughs> oh, the same voices all the time. Um, okay, goodbye. Bye.